You know, sometimes I feel as if I need Freddie from iCarly to come and be like, three, two, one, let's go. I know you see. You know, because he like really cues in Sam and Carly in the beginning of the show. So sometimes I just record and record and record till I have to just settle with like an opening for the show. I don't know. Maybe a Freddie from iCarly will be in my near future. But till then, welcome back to Jappy Jaws. It is your hostess with the mostest, the jappiest of them all. Actually, not really, but you know what I'm saying. Lindsay Moreskin with another episode. Episodes freaking 16. I cannot believe that we are here and that this happened. Not that this happened, but you know what I'm saying? It's just still so surreal to me and that I truly get to do so much of this and have so much rain over it. I thank you guys constantly for your support, yada, yada, yada. I know you're tired of hearing that probably, but truly from the bottom of my heart, it means so much to me. And also thank you all for listening to Carly and I's episode last week. If you jumped on the Jappy Jaw bandwagon from last week's episode because of Carly, welcome. So happy to have you as a jar and to experience this journey with you all. Now, I literally feel like this week has been a very emotional roller coaster for me. Well, I should say weekend and I'm really going to dive in deep full force automatically. Lindsay here, I don't know, like I'm not someone that just cries all the time, but this weekend it literally seemed as if I was crying for two days straight. At one point I felt like I wanted to cry again, but I couldn't get tears out. I don't know if I was dehydrated or something, something in the Long Island water making me so emotional. I have no fucking clue. I don't know. I was just like very in my bag, very like honestly like not okay. And then I came across a tweet over the weekend and it was like, who has checked up on you? That's right. Read that back again, check on yourself and be there for yourself. And that was pretty eye-opening, eye-catching for me because I'm going to suck my own tit. I feel as if I am the friend that is always checking up on people, always making sure everyone's okay. And I'm not trying to sound like a cocky bitch and that I'm the superior friend for doing that because I'm not. I know what my other friends go through, what their day-to-day lives are like. I check on people because I genuinely care, not because I'm expecting something back or because I need someone to ask me or do something, but I do appreciate when my friends do do that for me because sometimes, I don't know. I feel like people don't just do random check-ins, if that makes sense. Because I feel like almost there's this stigma or this background that something needs to be going on in your life or you need to be telling people all this shit in order for someone to ask you if you're okay. And that's just like not the fucking vibe, dude. I don't know how to perfectly explain it, but you also have to check up on yourself as well. You can't just rely on those people. And I definitely have learned that the hard way. And it's not a bad thing. Like I still have people that do check up on me and make sure I'm in check and I'm good and vice versa. Like we all have to hold ourselves accountable, but at the end of the day, you have to be at peace with your mind. You know what I'm saying? If you need to cry it out like I did, fucking cry it out. Feel what you need to feel. I preach that way more often than I should, but I'm going to keep fucking doing it. Seriously though, I want you to check in on yourself, talk to yourself. If you want to journal about it, fucking journal about it. I wish I was more consistent with journaling about things because I feel like it would relieve a lot of tension. You know what? Relax your jaw, relax your forehead, relax your shoulders. This is becoming more health and wellness and I don't know how I feel about that, but this is good stuff. Your mental health should be a priority and I want everybody to know that because this weekend really put me in check. Take your time that you need for your fucking self. Love yourself. You gotta be your own best friend before you can do anything else in life, honestly. And I know that sounds so corny, but literally don't be a dick to yourself, literally, because otherwise you're fucking yourself in the ass. You know what? It's a new day, a new week. We got it all out. Guess what? We're rolling, baby. Everything is golden-ish, I guess. I have no clue. We got a jam-packed, heavy, heavy episode that might turn out to be a little bit 
bit more of a two-parter type thing because of the way I want it to go. Now, I have a little announcement that I need to explain, but I might wait till I've really dive in deep to the hefty part of this episode. Other than like, you know, being a little bit of an emotional B-I-T-C-H, I wanted to talk about what I know everybody's like, Lindsay, stop fucking talking about it. I need to talk about TikTok again. I'm sorry. So I haven't made any new TikToks recently. I've definitely come up with ideas. I've now created a list in my phone of things that I would like to create in the near future. I took Carly's advice. I've been basically like Josh Richard, studying the algorithm, watching Bryce Hall and everyone. And then I've also come to the conclusion I have a crush on the Sway House. Now, I know I've said I have a crush on Griffin Johnson and I've DM'd him. And trust me, that still reigns true. But I have a crush on the entire house. And this is why I have a crush on the entire house. It's because they all have this fuckboy mentality and persona that just gives off and the vibe that they produce online. Obviously, I don't fucking know them. But you know what I'm saying? Like, what I see on the internet, and I know you can't just judge a book by its cover, but honestly, I feel like they're very raw and real on all their platforms that I have a pretty good idea of what they're like, but it's because us girls, and especially me, I am one, (laughs) I am one to talk. I am one to really talk. I am just so attracted to that fuckboy, questionable, moral, funny, sarcastic type guy, and especially if they have darker features, and most of the Sway House boys do have dark features. I've really, really, really been going in deep, and I'm still holding out for a hero for me and Griffin. Griffin, just let's go on one date. I'll plan it. You don't even need to do anything. Like, I promise you, we would have a good time. I've been told I'm a good time. I'm sure other people can. I know during this pandemic panorama, whatever the fuck you want to call it, it might not seem like that because we are limited. But Griffin, I'll give you a wild ride. Let me tell you that. You ever been with a Jewish girl? Let me tell you. Um, But something else that I want, this is literally becoming like a fan podcast about fucking TikTok and the Sway House because of how much I've been talking about them. But there is something else that I wanted to kind of jump on. I think it was last week or yeah, it was sometime last week. Olivia Rodrigo, who is an actress, she is in High School Musical, the musical series on Disney+. Plus. I've never watched it. My sister's friends all say that it's actually like fantastic and that I should dive into it. Maybe once I'm done with Dawson's Creek, which I'm near the end and I don't want to get there yet, but I'm almost there. Um, Maybe I'll jump on the bandwagon. Who knows? Probably not, honestly. (laughs) I've said this before, I think. You just can't redo something that's already been so good. For instance, I don't know how I'm going to feel about the Gossip Girl reboot. If you did a great once, like, why fix something that isn't broken? That's my mentality. What I was saying is Olivia Rodrigo is an actress. She is in High School Musical, the musical, and she just came out with a song called Driver's License, and it basically is an entire love song, breakup song to her ex-boyfriend who was also in the series. And at first I was like, ooh, like this song is good. Everybody was really amping it up. And then once I sat down to actually thoroughly listen to it, and I know I'm gonna get shit for this, I don't think it's as great as everybody's making it out to me. Don't get me wrong, the melody, her voice, everything, it's phenomenal. Like it is a great piece of work. However, for the hype that it's getting, I think that's what's turning me off. And I think my sister said this too, about it so much more because everybody's becoming so obsessed with it. And I get it. We all have those songs. And I think TikTok has really done something for the music business, especially during quarantine, because not a lot of concerts are happening. It gives a lot of artists a lot of free range to do whatever and to experiment. I mean, Ariana Grande just came out with the 3435 remix with Meg The Stallion and Doja Cat. Had there not be all this time, would that have happened? I don't know. I would hope so, but I don't, I don't have the answer. TikTok has done a great job with songs and dances 
giving us little bits of the SZA song that everybody wants to be released or making up funny content and then singing along to a song. Like I just think TikTok has done a great job with amplifying the music industry and artists and giving a lot of undiscovered artists a lot more clout and a lot more visuals, if that makes sense. Are you following? I hope you are. Because I've also seen a lot of great covers of Driver's License that I feel like a lot of people sometimes see this and they're just like, oh my God, that was better than the original. I was also thinking like there are songs like I Hate You, I Love You by Nash featuring Olivia O'Brien that way back when, when that came out in like what, 2015, 2016, would have popped the fuck off on TikTok had it existed then because I feel like it's almost the equivalent. I Hate You, I Love You is a little bit more mature and a little bit more of like a fuck you. And then Driver's License is more of like, wow, you really fucking broke my heart. But I do give a lot of credit. I give credit where credit is due. Olivia, you fucking killed it and you're gonna do so well with it. I'm curious to see if she does anything else and if there's gonna be like a part two type thing. I don't know. I think that in a few weeks it'll die down a little bit more and maybe there'll be a remix. I'm curious to see who would be the feature. Also, Jaden Holzer, who's in the Spy House. I sound like such a fangirl. Oh my fucking, I can't. He actually, like, at first I didn't want to admit it because I was just like, he's only getting this fame because of TikTok, because he's a sway boy. He's actually, like, really fucking good. Like, I actually really enjoy his sound. And I also think I like it more because, I mean, I like pop music. However, that's just not entirely what I love listening to all the time. And I feel like we don't get a lot of alternative popular music nowadays and I think he does a good job and I think he has a great voice honestly it's not someone from TikTok that I'm just like oh like you're good like you're talented no he's genuinely very good and knows what he's doing so all the best to Olivia and Jaden and the Sway Boys and Griffin well we're gonna go on a date I hope you know that however till that day comes I will just have to you know watch from the sidelines but you know it's always the day one people that show up and end up being there but speaking of showing up (laughs) <laughs> Do you notice why I'm laughing so strangely? So today broke news and there's been some rumors flying around for some time. Everyone, it's your Jappy Jaw Bachelor update. Claire and Dale have called it quits. <laughs> have called it quits. I can't even say it without laughing. And I know that's terrible to say because I do wish both of them the best, whether it's together or not. But if you say you did not see this coming, you are straight up fucking lying to yourself. I don't know how else to say it, but literally it's not a shock. I took a poll on Jappy Jaws's Instagram. There was no one that voted that they were holding on for hope. I think when you're going through such a process like that and you are so close-minded, when you have such blinders on, you almost lose sight of what you were doing. And I think she was so excited and so ready to be the bachelorette and do the thing and just try and try because I do think she really wants love in the end. I mean, she definitely wants someone to take care of her and I think she feels safe when she is with a partner but she also has said in the past that she had to learn how to also take care of herself you literally got engaged after like three weeks of knowing him and I understand there's a lot more time and everything and from when the engagement special uploaded I don't know I'm not surprised I also feel like she is a lot to handle and at first and this is really gonna sound so shitty I think that she is someone that is very hard to get along with because you saw her kind of bicker and go back and 
forth with not only herself but with the guys throughout the season with little things that happen so I think that definitely took into play I think mental health is also a huge thing I think both of them have a lot on their plates they're both in family situations where there is someone that is sick or needs a lot more care I just I never really thought it was gonna work out I'm gonna be honest I want the best for them and if they get back together cahoots them I hope they prove everyone wrong but I don't know I did see a tweet that was like put Dale and Claire both on paradise and I literally shit my pants that was so funny that's that I there's literally no other words but like oh well there was that one another failed bachelor couple to happen I do want to briefly talk about this past week's episode of The Bachelor it's gonna also tie into what I'm about to announce and all of that type of stuff first things first I think I have bachelor fame before I've become sneaker girl and now some of you may say why Lindsay well I would encourage you all to follow my Twitter however it is a very scary place sometimes and I mentioned before that when the bachelor is on I act like a 14 year old girl and every thought that comes to mind just goes right onto my Twitter and out the door because I tweet so much with the bachelor community I have gained some sort of clout and last night because I think I mentioned this last week I don't understand why Matt kisses with his eyes open still every time that I've like accidentally peeked someone while kissing them and they've done it I'm like oh this is weird I remember my like ninth grade boyfriend and I one time tried to kiss with our eyes open and I was like yeah we're never doing that again I tweeted back at him because he tweeted that funny picture that he put on literally every social media platform this is what you get like when you're in that position of being kissed like and it's his eyes open and I said to him I go do you win staring contests often like I generally want to know and I got like 60 something favorites on it and I'm also convinced that he doesn't interact with bachelor fans and I was trying to think about it because I was talking with Victoria Bruno from the moral hangover podcast who is my other trusty bachelor bachelorette right hand man along with bachelorette Maria and she was saying do all the bachelors and bachelorettes not answer I feel like in the past Tasha, definitely Caitlin have interacted with fans and responded to them as the show was going on but I'm almost wondering because he's so new and he doesn't know how to act about it that he didn't want to respond because to anybody not just me because he doesn't want to give anything away or something like that but I just think I have some sort of clout from that and then also I've compared myself to her quite a few times I think if Caitlin and Ashley I had a love child it would be me because I definitely have taken things from their personalities or their just similarities I should say when I saw my love Ashley I I immediately was this is gonna be a great episode and I tweeted at her and guess what she favorited my tweet I don't know why I have such great luck and I'm not shitting on it because I'll take it with celebrities influencers responding to me in a rather timely fashion whether it be a like or even a full-fledged response I've always done pretty well in that area you all know how I felt when Tasha liked my comments so you can only imagine how I felt when Ashley I came out and hit that little heart button last night's date I would have thrived on I read one direction fan fiction in high school after bitch i knew it before they changed harry styles to harden scott all right i i am an og in that department i know what i'm saying and also like not to suck my own hit but like i've never had a complaint if you know what i'm saying so i know what i'm doing in that area sneaker night girl would have done pretty well on last night's date however it did make me extremely uncomfortable i know if bachelorette maria was on that date she would have been like absolutely not i am dropping out but it definitely was very uncomfortable Some of them really got me going. Katie, who is also my newfound favorite, especially after last night. Vibrator girl, she brought the heat. She really did. And I think everyone else, I think, really just wanted to get out of their comfort zone. But also, you're doing it on camera. Most likely, your family's going to be watching it. You're going to feel a little uncomfy. And especially if 
you don't end up with Matt. That's where my head went. Also, I love Serena. Her energy was so fun, so flavorful. She's the one that carried the date, not Matt. She did. I appreciated her being able to talk and ask the right questions and give the right answers and be completely honest about her struggles and how her dad wasn't so supportive of her going on the show. I think that this week was just so much more focused on the drama and it really disgusted me because it made me feel so torn about the entire Sarah situation. Now, I've gone into tiffs with people about how I feel about it and how they feel about it and where to go from like what Sarah is doing if we don't like what Sarah is doing. I'm not going to go into detail of how it all went down, but lo and behold, Sarah sent herself home because she couldn't take the heat. You know what you're getting yourself into on The Bachelor? And if you can't handle the heat, then don't be in the kitchen. Is that the saying? If you can't take the heat, don't stay in the kitchen. I think that's the saying. I don't think she was able to do everything in such a great manner. However, I understand where she was coming from and why she wanted to go home and how she was feeling. But regardless if she was the nastiest piece of shit or the nicest person in the entire world, the way that Mean Girls 2 version of the trio, I'm not even giving them satisfaction of being Regina George, Gretchen Wieners, and Karen Smith. They are the Mean Girls 2 version. Anna, Kit, and Victoria. First of all, it showed how fucking young and immature Kit is because she's the youngest person that has been on The Bachelor. No shame about being the youngest person. However, it showed with her saying, I will make your life a living hell. I don't even want to hear your name. The amount of toxicity that comes out of that sentence and you're the one shaming her saying it's not the Sarah show with Victoria. Sit down, sister, because that does not fly. Anna, Piranha, literally, she looks like Hannah B and a Piranha had a baby. Her and then obviously Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria rules the show. I'm convinced she's an undercover producer also, but literally no filter. I, I would love to sit down with her and see what she has to say. And I'm happy that her bra choices also got a little bit better. Her being the way that she was and very manipulative. There's no words. Like that is just mean girl shit. There's a difference between being a bitch and being a mean person or being a mean bitch. And I asked everybody on Jappy Jaws if they felt as if it was two different things or being the same thing. And a majority of people agreed that it's two different things. And I'm going to go into why a little bit later on. One of my friends that I don't know if anybody knows this. However, at Temple, I was on this little show, a television show called Temple Talk, where essentially I did this, but it was more filtered. It was for television. I was a host. It was amazing. I loved it. I wish I got to finish it off my senior year because, you know, COVID decided to be a cock block. Shit happens. But the time that I got was amazing. But I was talking to one of my co-hosts who also watches, Kiara, and I was like, I need to know what you think of this Mean Girl shit. Do you agree that it's two different things or do you agree that it's the same thing? And she said, I think being a bitch is conditional. It's a reaction, but mean is an action. I was like, shit, sister. Yes, tell me more. And I think that's a great analogy and a perfect way of putting it because I say all the time, like I could be a bitch. When your friend is being a bitch to you, they're doing it because they're not being mean to you or being a certain way towards you because they just want to hurt you. It's because of something that's happening. I think it's more of a reaction, but mean you are purposely doing it. I've joked about playing mean girls when I was younger and whatever, but you are doing something with meaning when you're being mean, point blank period. She also said that she thinks Victoria is strategically mean. So it's well thought out. It's a process and I could not put it better myself. You are choosing to be mean. You are not really always choosing to be a bitch. You can be a bitch when you're on your period and you're moody. You could be a bitch towards your boyfriend or girlfriend if they piss you off towards your parents. But when you're mean to someone, you are choosing that route. And that is the route that Tweedledee, Tweedledum, and Tweedledoo went. So I hope that they don't stay much longer. Do I think Sarah almost played with a double-edged sword? Yes. I think she's going to end up coming back. If Ben and Bennett were able to come back as much as they did with Tasha, there's no doubt in my mind 
mind that Sarah's not gonna come back. Apparently we're getting fucking new girls next week. I don't know why I think that's stupid. Until then, this is all for my bachelor rant. It also kind of ties into what I want to talk about a little bit of today and probably next week. So what I've noticed is that a lot of people have commented to me telling me about their experiences throughout college, what they're worried about, what they want most out of college, and everything of the sorts, what to expect, what not to expect, and just anything surrounding college, pre, during, and after. And I was thinking, because there's so much I want to talk about, about certain things that have gone on in my life or that I've noticed that have happened, I've come up with this genius idea. So a pat on the back to me. This is my little announcement. From this point forward, I don't know if it'll be every week, but it's going to be a consistent thing. I am going to do something called the college series. Now, what may the college series be? I will tell you, don't you worry. The college series basically is going to consist of everything and anything to prepare you for college, during college, and after college. We are going to hit everything. Postgrad doozy just wasn't enough for people, so we're gonna hit it with the nail on the head with so much more. I'm going to tell you about my experiences, JAR's experiences, and how to navigate them, what to take away from our mistakes and from our right doings, if that makes sense. I wanted to start this off kind of heavy, but I wanted to start it off for a reason because a lot of people have asked me about my experience and have asked me to share it. I have touched on it briefly about my experience with transferring. I don't really mention my old school that I went to before graduating from Temple. I just say that I've transferred, that I've gone through something, that it wasn't like a normal transfer experience. So I am here today (laughs) to tell the tale, the transfer tale of what happened with my experience. Now I'm going to go into detail of my process of why I wanted to transfer, what it took for me to transfer, all the nitty gritty stuff that people don't tell you that goes into transferring, and also the reactions that I got because of transferring and how it affected me after I actually did the transferring. I know I kind of sound a little repetitive, but honestly, I don't want to say that I'm nervous. This is a very heavy topic for me to talk about, and this is something that has definitely weighed heavy on me and has forced me, but in a great way, to look at things in a different light and to take everything with a grain of salt. Haven't said that in a while. And to really understand people and that it's not always up to me to change people in every way, shape, or form. I felt as if that it was necessary because everyone, even before the podcast, would always ask me, oh, you transfer? Why did you transfer? All the questions. And I'm not offended. I don't take it personal. I somewhat enjoy telling the tale and explaining why I did it. However, it took a while for me to get myself into a place of, okay, I'm comfortable talking about it. This entire situation was just a lot more than I ever expected it to be. I just want to be that person to tell you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that it is not a bad thing to transfer. And I'll get into that more in depth, obviously. I cannot emphasize that enough. And also how to better prepare yourself if you do decide to transfer. For part one of the college series of Jappy Jaws, I'm here to tell you the tale of how Lindsay decided to go from one university to another. I am giving my cold, honest truth and I'm not sugarcoating anything. There were so many things that I did right, so many things I did wrong, so many things other people did right and wrong, but at the end of the day, it is my story. It is my story to tell and I don't want anyone taking that away from me. I also want to give a little shout out to my roommate because she truly was the reason why I think my whole transferring experience was so much more than I could have ever hoped for because we both ended up transferring to Temple and we really both went in blind and not really knowing what to expect. We both really found comfort in each other and leaning on each other in the times that we really didn't understand what we were feeling or going on. And I think one of the hardest things about 
about transferring was not having someone to look up to because I mean you hear all the time that people transfer it's not an uncommon thing about one-third of college students end up transferring schools before earning their degree the number of transfer students varies by institution but generally falls somewhere between 15 to 40 percent of all newly enrolled graduates that's according to the best colleges I don't want to just take credit and sound like I know my shit when I don't but that is the percentage and the roundabout of who does even though you hear of people transferring and their experiences it's hard to find someone that's done it and that has been able to do it I guess successfully or that can give you a lot more guidance your advisors at colleges are meant to help you however for me my advisor at my one school was not a help at all and that I didn't notice till literally the very end when I was getting ready to transfer and it was time to pick classes and everything of the sorts I'm gonna bring you back to my freshman year of college I've said this once I'll say it again and I'll say it a million more times when you're a freshman in college you are so fucking immature I don't care if you were always a mature person growing up if you always had more of an old soul you are still immature everybody's growing even at 35 45 55 you're still immature in some way some form and when I was 17 at the time going into my freshman year I remember the night before I left I was so excited because I was like wow this is a fresh start I'm ready to like get going this is really the beginning of a career like I'm gonna meet so many people I was so hopeful and then I remember on the drive to school sitting in the car with my dad we had taken two cars I actually this is where the jappiness really comes out um I wanted my mom my dad my sister and my grandma there on moving day and we didn't have two big enough cars for all my shit so we took our big SUV in one car was my mom my grandma and my sister and then my dad and I were in a U-Haul truck just let that sink in and I remember being on the phone with one of my friends from high school who was younger than me and he was really calming me down and everything like that and then we hung up and I was listening to an artist that went to my high school lives in my town his name is John Bellion he has one song called 80s films where it talks about my town I remember just like starting to cry and my dad's like why are you crying you've been so excited for this and I was like I I don't know I had never felt fear it almost felt like I had stage fright but I never felt like that when I was performing when I was younger I never really panicked I never really felt as if I was nervous with going on stage I mean you have those jitters but that's adrenaline like you're just ready to do it I love giving a show to people I never have had a issue talking to people going up in front of an audience this was something that I never felt before and I don't want to say it was almost like something was telling me that this wasn't going to be my forever or it was just like the pre-college jitters that everyone else has but this was just something I've never dealt with before and I was like I I don't know I don't know why I all of a sudden feel sad like it wasn't like I wanted to go home I was excited I was nervous I was just feeling so many different things and I didn't know how to handle it all at once I got to my dorm I got my shit together my room looked beautiful I did an amazing job I lived in the nicest dorm on campus my parents left and I was like okay like I'll see you guys soon my dad actually and I saw each other quite often because of his job he would travel a lot and he would pass through where my school was so we would get lunch if I wanted something from home just needed the hello that I needed sometimes and so I got to see him a lot but it definitely was like eye-opening I'd done camp I'd done teen tours but you had a definite date of when you were coming home and obviously I wasn't moving to my college for good I was coming home for the fall break or whatever I wanted to come home a weekend this just felt very different to me and from the start I felt very good however my strong personality and I talked about this a little bit with Carly was a lot for me and I know for other people to take in because it was like my Hannah Montana personality like living a double life I wasn't sure how I should act I've always struggled with this 
this my entire life. I've always been seen as someone that's annoying and that just talks a lot and has all this energy, is very extroverted. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing at all. I take pride in that. I think me being annoying, quote unquote, has just shown in retrospect that I'm just a very caring and giving person and that I enjoy being around people. I enjoy talking. I enjoy being present. And I think that was something that people either were not as open-minded to because I just wanted to be friends with everybody. Like I wanted to make as many friends as possible. And I did. I truly made such a group of friends. However, my school that I went to for two years was a school of 4,000 kids. So that literally was not a lot. When you think about going to a college or university, when you think of a top 10 school, you think of thousands, Penn State, Indiana, Wisconsin, New Miami, UCLA, stuff like that. You do not hear of 4,000 undergrad alone. 4,000 is like a quarter of a class sometimes. And it was very easy to get to know everyone. So that quickly came about. Everyone was kind of around the same area from the same state in some way or another. And in the beginning, I did a pretty good job with being okay and standing my ground. And then I kind of sort of got into a funk and the idea of transferring came about. But at first I thought it was me being dramatic because I felt like I was in a standstill with not only my friends, but my major. I was taking class and I was like, oh, like these are good classes. I was doing well. I was always a straight A student throughout college. I started thinking, I don't know if I like love this or what I'm learning or the class size or the professors. My advisor was not shitting on older people, but he was older. He was grumpier. He really liked to shit on people's dreams and aspirations and what they wanted to do with their degree and kind of just shedded light in areas that didn't need to be shed. He just wasn't warm. He didn't have like a bedside manner. My school also also wasn't really known to be more of a diverse school. A grand portion of the school had the same major. So when you heard of someone not in that realm, it was, oh, cool. That's interesting. So like, yeah, I remember a lot of my roommates that I lived with at the time were like, how does that work? Like, oh my God, that's so easy. Just kind of shitting on it in a way. I don't think they meant to do it intentionally, but at the same time, I did not want to choose the route they were going on and I didn't shit on them for that. So it was like, okay, it's my choice, my money. Why are you telling me it's a silly way to do and pursue a college career? And so then I started talking about transferring a little bit and I only had told like one friend who was also from Long Island and I showed her a list of schools I was looking into and she was like, no, 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 no. It's only the first semester. I promise you it's going to get better. I called my one best friend from home and I told her, I "I don't know if I'm so happy. Like I feel really limited. And I'd always dreamed of going out for sorority recruitment at any school, regardless of where I was going. Like that was a huge thing for me. I wanted to be part of a sisterhood so desperately and my best friend from home was like Lynn's like maybe just stick it out see what you want to do and then if you want to rush and then if it's still not doing something then maybe you should take that as your cue totally fine the end of the first semester kind of left off on a better note I was feeling good came back and things were great I then decided to rush and I rushed for the four sororities that they had offered and I got a bid to the one that I wanted I was over the moon and I'm gonna go more into detail and another college series about my sorority experience and I'll go into a little bit more here but for now I'm gonna kind of leave it at that with sorority and my quote-unquote process for that was really rigorous it was not like a normal sorority process where you have to do bitch work for pledges and everything like that it was like adding on three extra course loads and it was a lot to handle at the end once I was initiated I got a big I was head over heels in love I was sorority till I 
would die. I love my big. I love my sisters beyond belief. I had found a group and I was really tight knit. There was five of us and they're all great girls. We never really had any issues. We all were on the same page. We were all the same age. We were so young and we were so focused on having a great time and being so present. Two of us were in a sorority. The other three weren't. Wasn't a big deal. It never really separated us and I thought that was what made our experience 10 times better. We were part of this huge friend group like I was talking about with Anna however long ago and we all were so tight-knit. We all always went out together. We always had a routine of doing things. Okay, we're gonna go downtown one night. We're gonna do a house party another night. We're just gonna stay at the pregame another. We're gonna bring you to a sorority type thing. We made it work and for a while it really did work for me. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I did not want to go home. I was like, oh, I don't want summer to come, blah, blah, blah. And transferring was just in the back of my mind because I was in such a good place. I felt very confident in my friendships, very confident in myself. I had lost a shit ton of weight. I looked good. I felt good. I truly loved my school. I bled their colors like it was my fucking job. And then summer came. I ended up having a phenomenal summer. I ended up getting a boyfriend, which was way out of the blue. I was able to maintain my friendships. We all saw each other at some point throughout the summer. We had a huge reunion once in the beginning. And then August came and it was time to go back. I was in like a weird position with the relationship I was in because it was always just messy. We all got back to school, but I didn't live with with my friend group. I lived with three other people that I met through the sorority and my other four friends, three of them lived together and then one of them didn't live with them. The campus was so small that you got to them in less than a minute. I always make the joke that the campus was so small that I would have class at 12.15, leave my room at 12.10 and still be early. Literally, there's no other way of putting it. In the beginning, everything seemed cool and collected and I didn't know how to really process being in this relationship I was in with being away at school. I've never done, never had to do long distance and it wasn't relatively long, but when you're not with the person that you've been seeing every single day, it's become harder on you. So I definitely was very iffy and moody about all of that. And then there was just like some energy shift. And I also felt like I had to choose whether or not to always be with my roommates and play this one role with the sorority and be so buddy buddy sissy sissy with all of the girls there or be with my other friends. Because we were all so set and I think I and I've said this before with Anna because freshman year we were all so set and felt so secure that in our huge friend group and the way we all viewed partying and the way we viewed going out and everyone in our circle we were so comfortable that seeing change or anybody moving a little bit different was like unheard of and not what we wanted to happen. For me, I really felt this shift. I went through a lot of mental stuff. I didn't feel secure in my relationship. I was feeling terrible about myself. I didn't love my living situation. My friends, I felt like they were there for me, but I felt like I was becoming more of a burden and a bother to them, which I know isn't a great way to feel, but I've always been someone that I react to the way that I feel as if I'm being treated. And at the time, it was a very immature outlook. But looking back now, it makes a lot of sense as to why I was being treated like that because I was being so not great. And at this point, the sorority I was in took things way too seriously. And it just felt like I was forcing myself to be part of something that looked great on paper and a semester ago was like everything and more to me. And all of a sudden, it was like shitty as fuck. I really was not feeling great about anything. And then I was like, 
like, okay, I can't just focus on the people. Like, I'm here to get an education mostly. I was okay at the time with not being able to go out so much, not doing all this stuff. I really felt torn with where I was at socially. And then educationally, I was getting nothing out of my classes. I was doing well, but the professors I had would not even go according to their syllabus. There was one time where I was supposed to be taking some sort of script writing class and all we did was write movies. And at the end of the semester, we just had to write a review on one of the movies we watched when that wasn't what the course had said. I maybe had three professors that truly made an impact on me during my time there. And I just had no idea what was going on. I was taking classes that were supposed to be for media and production that were PR. And if it was going towards electives, okay. But at the time it was going towards my major. And I go, if I go to a job, if I'm in an interview, if I'm at an internship and they ask me to do something and I don't know how to do it because of this, I'm going to be screwed and shit out of luck. What the fuck is is going on. I would literally like cry to my parents, cry to my boyfriend. I was just so unhappy. And I had briefly told only, only a few people from my school because I didn't want to make it a big deal. I didn't know what I was entirely doing. It just, it didn't really feel great. And I was like, oh, I keep struggling with the fact I keep going back and forth. And then I literally remember I was at a party one night. It was December 1st. I'll never forget it. And I was with my friends. We were all kind of having a good time. Everything was so subpar there that year that I was just like okay I'll take what I can get nothing happened there was no drama with my friends everything was okay for the most part and I remember just thinking I hate it here (laughs) I do not like this being in a house like this partying just doesn't feel good I don't like this this is very much high school I don't like that I literally know every single person I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because if that's your cup of tea that's your cup of tea however I did not like that cup of tea I like coffee I don't like tea. So I remember saying to my one friend that I did talk about, I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. She's like, oh, you're leaving the party? I go, no, I'm going to leave. And she goes, you really think so? And I go, I think. And I think she just kind of put it to the back of her mind. But at that point, I was just like, yeah, I am not okay. And I texted my mom right away. And I was like, I think I want to transfer. And she was like, lol are you drunk and I had mentioned it to my parents before but it always ended up leading into a fight because in my mind transferring was like giving up and I am not one to give up on things I try to like can try literally no more and I was at that breaking point with the school and my experience with the people with the curriculum and where I was at I was drinking, but I wasn't drunk. And I've always been the type of person where no matter how much I drink sometimes, I either won't get drunk at all or I'll get blackout. But I was pretty okay. And I went back to my dorm. I didn't go into my room because I didn't want anyone of my roommates to hear me. Went into the stairwell and I called my mom. And my mom has always been the type of person like throughout college, I've called her so many times drunk walking home because I was like, oh, I'm all alone. Can you stay on the phone with me? And she's like, I swear to God, if you walk home one more time at four o'clock in the morning. And she goes, do you know what you text me? I go, yeah, that's why I'm calling you. And she goes, are you sure about this? I go, I'm just unhappy. I do not like it here. I am very done with it and I need to go somewhere where I want to succeed that has my major and I want to be able to grow and I felt like I was really preventing myself from not growing. I was so unhealthy with my mind and we're about to get real deep but I developed an eating disorder. I was not healthy in my body. I did not feel good. I hated my living situation 90% of the time. I wasn't happy with my friends. The sorority was really bringing me down. My relationship was falling apart. It had seemed like my world was coming crashing down on 
around me. And I was also in a mindset like, I'm never going to get a job. I'm never going to have any opportunity to do what I want to do, my biggest desires. I was involved in the radio station there, but there wasn't room for growth. I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't being exposed to much. I was just at a point where I was literally on FaceTime with one of my best friends from home every night, hysterically crying myself to sleep. And he would just sit there and be like, it's going to be okay. So when December break came, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. My mom came to pick me up. She's like, woohoo, like, great, we get to have you home for a month, whatever. And so I was really set on it. And it took me a minute to really come to terms with where I was going to apply and why I wanted to apply to that school and when I was going to do it because there's a lot that goes into it. I think it was like a week after I had come home, I was in my sister's room and I just randomly texted my parents. I was like, I have three schools I want to apply to. It's the University of Maryland, University of Florida, and Temple. And my parents were like, um, Lindsay, come in the room. And I was like, what? And they're like, you're actually serious this time about it because we talked about it so much and I was whatever. I don't want to do it. Like, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I was like, I am not growing as a person. I am so unhealthy, so unhappy. I'm afraid I'm never going to be able to provide for myself after four years. I cannot do this anymore. And it pains me to feel like I'm giving up, but I need to do it. And they said without even any hesitation, no ifs, ands, or buts, they're like, okay, we're doing this. And my family and my boyfriend at the time, and especially my cousin, were the most supportive people for me during this time because it was literally brutal. One day I called the admissions office, the bursar's office, everywhere that I needed to get my transcripts. I was like, okay, like I'm applying. I changed my entire course schedule around the following semester. So I would have fewer gen eds to take once I got to whatever school I got to. And I actually was on FaceTime with a friend from my old school while I was applying and he had no idea what I was doing. He was like, oh, like what's going on? It's like, oh, nothing, whatever. My parents said to me before I went back, I was like, hopefully like the new semester will be a little bit better. I had only talked about it with my friends from home and they said to me, don't tell anyone what you're doing yet till you've even heard from a place because who knows? I mean, I was a great student, but you never know what's going to happen if you're going to get in anywhere. And I constantly was checking my portal. And then by the time that I was really fully submitted and I was running back and forth from the bursar's office admissions and everything like that with no one really knowing what I was doing, it just looked like a regular day on campus for Lindsay. Everyone's like, oh, like, what are you up to? I was like, oh, just like some financial aid stuff. And obviously that was not the case. And then at this point, my boyfriend and I had broken up. We were barely speaking. I was just doing this on my own and I had my family and my friends from home to back me up. Maybe, maybe one person knew that I was leaving. It was a lot. What no one tells you about transferring is you really have to think about it because you're not just applying to some random schools. Maybe it's a little easier for people that are in community college because that's really where a lot more people are able to get gen eds out of the way and then decide if they want to continue to get their bachelor's degree instead of just getting their associates and everything of the sorts. But I was very determined and I did my research. And the reasons I wanted to go to those three schools were because A, they had my major and they had credible alumni. They were great distances from home, except for the Florida one, but that was just on a whim. They had my sorority because a big thing about sororities and transferring is, so say if I went to school where I got my bid from and then I went to school B that didn't have it, I would still have to pay a per capita fee for every semester that I wasn't an active sister. And also, I mean, I loved being part of a sorority and I knew that there were better chapters than the one I was in. Also, that was a great way and a great starting point for me to make friends, to get involved on campus, to get to know people and everything of the sorts. I was determined. So that's why I really limited myself to schools that really had those two major things, three major things. I did not tell a soul. And then I got into Temple and then I got into Maryland and then I got into Florida. I ruled Florida out because I was like, I'm not going to last 
with mental health issues and if I feel any sorts of remorse towards transferring and I can't get home quick and in a timely fashion that's just not gonna be it I got in to all three of the schools which I was like holy shit now I have options then I was like okay like I really gotta narrow it down and I did my research I figured out where my credits would transfer to smoothly I called every advisor professors contacted the chapters of my sorority to be like hey would it be okay I'm gonna come visit at this point I had scheduled a time to go visit Maryland and Temple Temple just happened to be first I had this is by spring break and I still had not told a soul that I was leaving or anything I had so many different opportunities and this is where I was wrong I was beyond fucking shady and I hate that I was so shady because I was so vocal about my problems and my issues and making it such a me thing that at that point it wouldn't have made a difference if I was like okay I'm leaving and that's where I went wrong and I apologized through and through to anyone that I hurt along the process and I hurt myself doing it too because it really did affect me way more than I wanted it to by the time that I was going to visit temple I was in a good place with everyone and I say good with a grain of salt because in my mind then it seems like everything was okay when it wasn't and I wasn't looking at the bigger picture I went on spring break with my parents ironically enough cleared my mind we really sat down and talked about my options and what I wanted to do and at first I was like I don't want to go visit Temple like I'm getting happier they're like Lindsay we put way too much time way too much effort there is no turning back now and I didn't want to hear that because I was still in this mindset like I don't want to give up and then I went to Temple and the president of my chapter there was like oh we're gonna do this this and that and I had a completely different version of what Greek life was like till I got to Temple and I was like holy fucking shit I got an entire tour of the campus I got a tour of where I was going to end up living the next year and I was already talking to my roommate at the time I had posted in the Facebook group and that was even ballsy of me to do because I had no idea who was there because it was the class of 2020 and any of them could have known someone that went to my school and told them but that's not how it happened my roommate and I were really set with going it was just a matter of her and I both saying yes to committing there and putting a deposit down on the apartment I was really being fucking shady and playing a double life yet again being the Hannah Montana but a bad Hannah Montana and I went to visit and I fell in love and I didn't want to love it as much as I did I went back to the hotel I was staying at and I said to my dad I was like I don't want to visit Maryland I'm going to Temple and he was like deposit down on Monday and that's when it really started to sink in for me and I did not know how to go about telling people or my professors or anyone about me leaving and this is where it got bad but I want to leave you guys on a cliffhanger and I want you all to listen to what I said and I promise I will wrap it up and make it very relevant next week and I will give you a full postgrad doozy then but this has honestly been a lot for me and I want to be careful with how I decide to guide you guys on if you're considering transferring and everything like that and the end result of what ended up happening that will be for next week but I really just wanted to kind of give you something get the ground running and I hope I didn't make anybody too depressed but this is something that I'm very passionate about and I am the first to tell you about all that went right and wrong in the situation. I feel like this is the time to do so, but I promise I will wrap it all up next week with a part two with Transfer Tales. The college series, I promise will be a lot more positive from here on out, but this is just something I really needed to get out and talk about now instead of at a later date when I feel like, would feel like it would be a little too late to talk about it. Also because I'm getting closer to the one year mark of being home because of Panorama pandemic and also almost a year of being post-grad. So I felt like if I was gonna do any of this, the time was now. I really thank you guys for sticking it 
throughout this entire story. I know that this me just talking about me, but I really hope that I can help someone or give someone better ideas of what I went through and, you know, make you laugh and make you cry along the way. That's just what I do, boo. Until next week, Transfer Tales Part 2 will take place. Until then, please, please, please keep like, subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing, anything and more of the podcast. Your support means the absolute world. And I'm glad I get to share my experiences and share my opinions and beliefs and loves with you all. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Lindsay Anya, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-Y-A-N-Y-A-A. And the Jappy Jaws Instagram of fucking horse at J-A-P-P-Y-J-A-W-S. And on my TikTok at L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-Y-A-N-Y-A-A once again. And if you dare to follow me on Twitter for my bachelor updates for the 14-year-old me that comes out, go for it. It's the same ad as everything else at L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-Y-A-N-Y-A-A. Guys, this is a whirlwind. I hope you all enjoyed this episode thus far and you are patiently awaiting for the part two of the story. I am thoroughly excited to finish it off. And until then, I will see you all next Thursday. Thursday.